Okay, church, grab your seats. I'm glad you're here, as I said. And um, if you're new, I'm Daniel and pastor around here at Friday night. And tonight we are continuing our series. The, the series is called Who is God? Which is a, just a decent elemental question to ask in church. And we've been asking it since January, going eight weeks on God the Father and talking about what the Father is like, and then eight weeks on God the Son. And now we've tipped over into the eight weeks on God the Holy Spirit. Who is God the Spirit? And so tonight, I'm going to interview two friends. And these women of God are just that. They are deeply rooted in the life of the Spirit. They're, uh, I've known one for over 20 years and I've known another for just a few years, and I know them both to be women of the Word of God. Uh, tonight, Sarah Jackson is here with us, and she is, yeah, Sarah, I'll invite her up in just a second, but let me tell you about her. She uh, went to Oral Roberts University. Did you graduate 04? Three, okay. So I, I graduated 05, but she's not older than me. Just kidding. Sorry, Sarah. Um, so I've known her for a really long time, and she studied there, and then went on to get her master's in spiritual formation at Asbury Theological Seminary. She's married to Jason. Jason was my high school youth pastor in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, that's true, Prem. I promise you. I'm not lying. Jason is a Hebrew scholar and a man of God. They both serve at New Life, New Life Downtown as pastors. And so would you join me tonight in welcoming the Sarah Jackson to the stage? Give it up for Sarah Jackson. Sarah. And then Jordan Victoria Lewis is here. And Jordan is just excellent. I got to know her a few years ago as she started attending New Life Friday night. And I thought, there is something on this woman of God. Like, what is that? Like, wow. And she studied at University of Denver, uh, undergrad and master's. She got a master's in business administration. She worked at Goldman Sachs, one of the largest companies in the world. Uh, she's super skilled. She also led an HR department. Like, what can't she do? She's also a poet that has written a poem from every chapter in the Bible, no lie, which is just silly. Like, what? And she loves the Word of God and is a woman of the Spirit. So would you join me in welcoming the Jordan Victoria Lewis tonight? Come on up. So we are talking about God, the Holy Spirit. And what I want to do is read this text from 1 Corinthians 12, and then I'll pray and we'll jump in. So Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and they are, they are going for it. Like, they are people of the ecstatic experience. Like, they're not afraid. They're not sitting on their hands in church. They're going for it. And he's trying to teach them on uh, sort of doing everything in order. So they had gotten out of order in the life of the Spirit. And he's bringing them back and, and like a father kind of correcting them and pointing them in the right direction. And he says, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. And to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. He's saying how we all have different gifts. And he says, to another they've been given faith, the gift of faith by the same Spirit. And to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. And to another person miraculous powers. To another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another person, the interpretation 
of tongues, Paul is saying that when the Spirit is poured out, that all of us will be filled in unique ways and we will operate in unique kinds of gifting. So this is the word of the Lord and all God's people said, thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we invite you by your Spirit to speak. The three of us have nothing in our own strength. We have nothing in our own power or ingenuity or wisdom. We we open ourselves up to you. And Lord, we as an entire congregation say, unless you speak to us, we will have wasted our time tonight. We need you. We long for you. We open ourselves to you. As we've worshiped, we sense you're in this room. As we've heard this testimony of Zach in the prison, we know you're working in the earth. Lord, work here tonight through your word. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to us. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We pray in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. amen. So I'm gonna ask these women of God a few questions here tonight and we'll have a conversation and go back and forth and then we'll pray at the end and receive communion. So gals, when you think about 1 Corinthians 12, eight through 10 and the different gifts that are given, Paul tells us that the Spirit works in various ways. And that this isn't some sort of like insider upgrade. <laughs> I, think, I think there are certain pockets that think, gosh, I didn't go to seminary and I'm you know, kind of new to the faith. And that's for all those people out there. But Paul says, no, everyone has been marked by the Spirit. And everyone has a gift and everyone gets to operate in it. And so when you think about this, one of his favorite metaphors is the body of Christ. And there's one body, but there's many members. And I wanna invite you tonight to, to think with me about the Spirit. What do you remember, uh, Jordan, about your early days of exposure to the Spirit? What, what is one assumption that you carried about the Spirit? What do you remember about your early days of exposure? Yeah, I grew up um, in a Christian home. Um, my parents are sitting right back over there. Thank y'all, you're awesome. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and what's cool to me about, I love what Daniel was just saying, how the spirit isn't only for special people. First of all, the spirit thinks everyone is special. So if you want to make that assumption, fine, but include yourself in that. Yeah. Um, but what I love about the spirit and how I grew up is that I never assumed that the Holy Spirit wasn't for me or that the spirit didn't want to help me. In my first interaction with the spirit, I was seven years old and I can remember. Um, and we lived in South Carolina at the time. My dad was in the army. Um, and we were driving late from somewhere. I don't know if it was from church or from wherever. Um, and I was sitting in the back seat. So it was mom was driving, dad was sitting, me and my two siblings, I was sitting in the middle. And all of a sudden, I just feel this urge to start praying. So I'm just praying quietly in the back seat. I didn't feel any sense of danger. I didn't know, you know, what to do with it. But I'm like, huh, I just had a little, little idea, you know, seven-year-old. I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna just start praying in the back. So I start praying and mom hears me and she says, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm praying, I don't know, I don't know why. She's like, okay, carry on, right? So I carried on. Um, and I think it was five, 10 minutes later, um, we slid into the back of a cop car because it was raining um, and it was, we hit black ice. And mom swears to this day, she's like, I don't know how bad that accident could have been or what would have happened had you not been praying. And so for me, the Holy Spirit has never been wild, never been crazy, never been anything outside of my, my realm. The, to me, the Spirit has always been that little inkling, that little nudge, that gentle like, huh, maybe I should do something. Um, so I've always known the Spirit as a helper. 
um, and as a protector as well. Sarah. I wish I had your journey. <laughs> I think my, uh, my favorite comedian has this whole shtick that he does for a long while about his family, and he tells his story about his parents and his sister, and it's this whole long thing. Uh, and, it, and everyone's laughing, and at the end, he's moving on to something else, and he's like, oh, and, I, and we have a brother, too. <laughs> and I always, that, I was like, that's perfect for the way I used to think of the Holy Spirit. It's like, God the Father, yes. God the Son. And there's a Holy Spirit, too. And I think part of that for me was, because from a young age, this whole idea of the Spirit descending as a dove was hard for me to connect with. Like, that's not a person. Birds are kind of shifty to me. They've got sharp claws. That doesn't really feel like something I can connect with. <laughs> but then also, um, I did attend in my middle school and high school years um, an Assemblies of God church. But before, actually before that, we were part of a non-denominational church that was going through a bit of a revival. But there were some things that happened in that church that were very uncomfortable to me that were attributed to the Holy Spirit. And so I remember kind of wanting the spirit, but also being concerned. Mm. Like, is the spirit, it, I connected the spirit with experiences, yeah. and some of those experiences made me worried. Is, is the spirit going to make me embarrassed? Is the spirit going to make, ask something of me that um, makes me feel uncomfortable? Like, can I trust mm. the spirit? Which brings up a good point that we as the people of God have a responsibility to, to carry the spirit in a way that doesn't unsettle people unnecessarily. Mm. <laughs> the, the spirit is wild enough and mysterious enough that sometimes it can just kind of, whoa, it's the wind of God, which we aren't in control of that. But we shouldn't add to the mystery by being weird or, 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 or uh, unsafe. I, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a place where, you know, it wasn't unusual to see someone praying for someone and they hit him in the head. You know, and we call that, you know, being slain in the spirit. No, they have a concussion. <laughs> like, I've been slain in the spirit. That's great. But like, let the spirit do that. Not your right hook. You know, like. And, and there's this one man that I know who's in his late 70s who is a man of the spirit. And anytime he's praying for someone, he'll say, would you be comfortable if I put my hand on your head? Because he gives them the chance to opt in. So he'll gently put his hand on their head and it's kind of fatherly and safe and it helps people settle in. So let the spirit be the spirit and let the spirit move and let the spirit be wild. But let's not add dynamism by just being shifty unnecessarily. So thank you for telling that part of your story. Uh, Jordan, you talk about the spirit giving you boldness. Uh, talk about that 12-year-old girl you told me about one time. That... Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've always been um, a, a mix between a quiet and exuberant child. And I know you're like, those two things don't go together. They don't, but I'm me, so they, they do. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, I, I remember being 12 um, and being at a, um, like a girls, like junior high group. We did like an overnight at the church, you know, so cool. Like me and, you know, what, 15 other junior high girls were just at the church doing a sleepover, like doing whatever, you know. And they, one of the nights um, they had a, uh, I'll call it an encounter night 
where we could receive our prayer language. Um, and for those of you who are familiar with that, you know what that means. If you're not, I'll leave that to Daniel. So, <laughs> um, but um, I, I really wanted to receive my prayer language, um, but I was so like tense. I was locked up. And a friend, another junior high girl, she was like, it just, the spirit's kind. Just say, I receive it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do whatever I need to do. So I had my little 12-year-old hands open, and I said, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. And immediately I start speaking in tongues. And I was thrilled and just like, oh, my gosh, like it, I, that happened. It worked. I, it worked. I'm like, it's amazing, you know. Um, I wasn't sure, but it did. How, how great. So I, um, we have the rest of the thing, you know, the next morning, um, I go home and I line my family up. So it's my parents and my two siblings, okay? I'm like, y'all, I got my prayer language and I'm gonna pray for you, you know? Which like was, it was just this boldness. It was this exuberance that was just bubbling up from the inside, right? So I line them up, dad, mom, older sister, younger brother, right? So I start praying. I'm praying for my dad, you know, and then I'm done. And I'm praying. I can't believe they let me do this, you know? But I'm, I'm praying for my mom, bold 12-year-old prayers, whatever I was praying, right? Um, all praying in my new prayer language because I was so excited. Prayed for my sister, right? I put my hands on my younger brother, and as I'm praying for him, immediately my prayer language changes. And it's one of those things where it's, it's the mystery of the spirit that Daniel's talking about where... I, I'm like, I don't know, this just seems like a special gift that I want. I receive it, I receive it, I receive it, fingers crossed. You know, it wasn't even like an act of faith. I'm just like, I don't know. It came, I feel this boldness, and the Spirit kept giving in measure. It wasn't, let's test it out for a few days and see. It was, great, and let's keep going. Like, as you exercise it, let's keep going. And just the Spirit is generous and will overflow for anyone. Acts chapter 2, and you shall receive power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost bounds of the earth. So what we see on the day of Pentecost, and this Joel prophesied it in the Old Testament, that in the latter days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams, even on my men servants and maid servants, like everyone's going to get it. And Acts chapter 2, it happens and they... They're bold. They, they do things that they would not have done had they been operating in their own strength. Can I tell you just a quick story and then we'll get back to our script, but the story comes to mind. I was at a church uh, two years ago, two and a half years ago, right before COVID, and I was going to speak and it was, it was like a night where we were going to have some moments of prophecy and where we were like, okay, Lord, if you wanna give any words to people, do that. Right before the service, it's never happened to me in my life, and I'm, I promise you, I can tell a good story, but I'm not making this story up. My left ear goes deaf, shuts down. I wasn't sick. I flew down there perfectly healthy. My left ear, I cannot hear anything. And I'm like, Lord, what in the world? And do I have a fever? I'm fine, I'm fine, but I can't hear anything out of my left ear. And it, my, I was like starting to lose my equilibrium. It was really unsettling and I've gotta go lead a service. And I'm like, Lord, I need you to heal me because I gotta do this work. And I just sensed the Lord was not in a hurry. Like, that is so mean. <laughs> Little compassion here. So get to the service, do the service, work at the end of the service, I can't hear anything, I feel like I can't think right, I'm not, I feel like I'm not doing a good job because I'm so caught up in this. And right at the end of the service, I felt like the Lord said, there's someone in here who's deaf in their left ear, and this is for them. 
So I got up on the stage and said, this is the strangest thing. I've not done this in a service, but I feel like I just heard the Lord say, here's what happened to me before the service. I went deaf and I felt like here at the end of the service, the Lord says that someone is deaf in their left ear. And I said tonight, I'm not gonna hype you up. I'm not gonna create this big moment. When you go to bed, I want you to lay in bed and put your hand on your left ear and just say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Great, good night. It was strange. The next morning, this lady comes. We had another service. This lady runs up to me. She goes, you will never believe what happened. She said, I've been deaf in my left ear for 10 years. And she brings in a stack of paperwork from her audiologist. She goes, I promise you. Like, I want you to see I'm not making this up. She said, last night I laid in bed and put my hand on my left ear. And I said, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. And I woke up this morning and I can hear. And so, like, I, guys... I'm not going, again, if you've been around here for years, you know that I'm not looking to manipulate a moment, but when it's real, it's real. And the spirit is the spirit who does these things. And so I would never have done that in my own strength, but the spirit that night gave me power to take a risk. And I think what we're seeing here is that as you are constantly walking with the spirit, there will be moments where the spirit challenges you to take a step to, to, to put yourself out there in a way that you normally wouldn't for the good of other people. Amen? Second thing I wanna ask tonight, what have you learned or unlearned since that moment? So your early days of, okay, different experiences. And that's so good to hear, different experiences. What have you learned or unlearned since that moment, Sarah? Oh, Jordan or Sarah, what? Okay. Um, Well, you know, there was a time where we kind of stepped out of the non-denom church and it was for a hot minute, and I thought I was sort of leaving the Spirit behind in a way, the, the, like the talk of the Holy Spirit and thinking of what's gonna happen. And actually what happened in that time, because we were going to, we were in the Wesleyan uh, United Methodist tradition at the time, I didn't know that the charismatic tradition came out of that, so, you know, silly me. But um, I actually fell in love with the Holy Spirit. And, and two things kind of helped start to make that happen. First, just learning a little bit more about church history. I did not, I think I thought that the Spirit started with the charismatic tradition, <laughs> right? Instead of forgetting that the Spirit has been a part of the church always. Yeah. And the church has been fighting about the Spirit mm. a lot. And big fights about, well, what can we understand or not understand about the Spirit? And so I think that just helped me realize that this is really important, Sarah. Don't pass this off. Don't just think of the Spirit as kind of off, you know, in the left corner over there kind of thing. Um, And then secondly, I'll never forget the first time that I saw a picture um, uh, that was kind of representative of the Trinity, and it was by the artist Rublev. It's an icon of the Trinity. Had I been thinking ahead, we would have it on the screen tonight, but that is not who I am, so I'm sorry. I will describe it to you. You you can Google it later and tell me if I was correct. Uh, But essentially, there are three persons. They're sort of representing the visitors, the unnamed visitors um, who visited Abraham. Um, But it's also a representation, the artist's representation of the Trinity. And what's happening at that table is there's, there's three persons sitting like we are, okay, and, um, and each one is doing something different with their hands. And there's also like the cup and the bread on the table. But the posture of each of the persons is, is preferential toward one another. 
preferring one another. And so it was just this picture of equality, but then the work of each person as represented by their hand was different. There was the father blessing the sacrifice of the son and the son pointing to the cup and the spirit making way for the fourth person, which is us at the table right here. And I felt such release and relief. I also felt sadness for all the years that I had not known this beautiful thing about the the preferential self-giving love of each person of the Trinity and and the invitation they were giving to me to come to that table. So look up Rublev, icon of the Trinity. It's beautiful. Jordan, Victoria. Awesome. Um, I, I think over the years, I kind of would hope that the spirit, I, I assumed that the spirit would kind of pop in and out whenever the spirit felt like. So I'm like, oh, if I'm lucky, it's like a leprechaun, you know, where I'm like, if I'm lucky and I see the double rainbow at the right time on the right day, then I will see the leprechaun and be excited and then, you know, whatever. Um, the spirit is annoyingly accessible. And here, here's what I mean. Sometimes I'm like, spirit, don't you have anything else better to do besides convict me of my sin? You know, like, like what, what are you doing, right? Um, the spirit doesn't. That, that's the spirit's job. Um, for me, it's been a relief to know that the spirit is always accessible and the spirit is most accessible when I open my Bible. And I, I think growing up, I kind of assumed, oh, I'll get lucky but as I opened my word and just fell in love with the word, I'm a reader naturally. Um, and so reading my Bible has always come easily because I read the back of cereal boxes, I read receipts, I read the Bible, you know, that's kind of how it worked. Um, and it was amazing to me where like, as I would read the word, I would just be quick. And I story that I did not have planned, but that comes to mind. I had an attitude problem as a teenager, you know? And I had gotten, you know, not gently, you, not me. It's shocking. Not I you. know me and my sweet self. I know <laughs> a whole, a whole diva. Um, so I had copped an attitude about something, you know, um, and was in my room. Um, and I just felt led to turn to the book of Galatians, just kind of, again, this inkling, like, let me, let me turn to the book of Galatians. I turned to Galatians. Tell me where this is. Cause I don't know off the top of my head, but somewhere in Galatians, it says, um, who deceived you? You were running a good race but you were thrown off course. And I immediately felt not a mean conviction, but a gentle like, oh, I know where this attitude came from. I know who I allowed to influence me. And I, I felt just this gentle like washing. Um, and I went to my parents and I was like, I'm, I apologize for my, for my attitude. That was, that was rude, you know? And the spirit has been that to me, where I, and where is that in Galatians? I think it's one, who's bewitched you. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, yeah, I think it's the opening of the letter. I'm I'm like, Daniel's very humble, but I'm like, he just has the whole whole Bible right right there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I I just would encourage all of you, where it's like, if you're like, oh, I'm interested in the life with the spirit, I want more with the spirit. The spirit desires you more than you desire the spirit. So be encouraged by that. But also when you're looking for the spirit, open your Bible and the spirit is right there. And the spirit will not ask you to do anything against what you read. 
And you see people like popping off and doing crazy things and in, the, in the name of the spirit. And I go, you're, you're violating commands. Like, no. <laughs> uh, so yes, open the scriptures and the spirit will quicken you with what you read. Uh, Sarah, when we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, uh, you, I just kept hearing the word discernment come out of you, discernment, the spirit of discernment. And Paul, as we read 1 Corinthians 12, he talks about one of the gifts is the discerning of spirits. And John Chrysostom, an ancient saint in his interpretation of the passage, 1 Corinthians 12, he says that these words mean the ability to tell who is spiritual and who is not, who is a prophet and who is not, and who should be trusted and who should not be trusted. So how do we discern the spirits? How do we know? Um, talk to me about this gift of discernment that, that the Lord has burdened you about. Mm-hmm. Well, first I want to highlight something in verse eight, that phrase that we so often miss through the spirit. We wanna st- when we're thinking about discernment, we want to start there. When we think about this person of the Trinity, there is so much that is being offered through this person. It's through the spirit that we recognize Jesus apart from who is not Jesus. It's through the spirit that we become more interested in the will of the Father than in our own self-centered, self-gratifying desires. It's through the spirit that we receive comfort. It's through the spirit that we receive power. It's through the spirit that we're able to suffer and give and delight and heal and work even when we ourselves seem unable to do those things. Um, It's also through the spirit that Jesus himself accomplished all that he accomplished Mm -hmm. and was able to continually turn himself to the Father's will and discern it because he was radically dependent on the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So if Jesus did everything that he did through the spirit, then that is our call and our invitation to. And, and what Chrysostom and others like him, um, like Ignatius of Loyola, who's also from about 500 years ago, who wrote extensively on discernment, what they want us to know about discernment is that this isn't magic. The spirit is not a crystal ball. The spirit is not a magic eight ball that if we just shake it the right number of times, we can get the answer that we want. Um, discernment through the spirit is about a relationship with God that turns our heart toward the will of the Father, that, that makes us to become, in the same way that Jesus was becoming as a person, he was, he was in favor with God and with other people. Um, it's something that is a practice. It's something that we grow in over the course of our spiritual journey. Um, And while discernment does bring wisdom, and I mean that like a capital W, like with the wisdom of God, the point of the growth in discernment is not that we're we're gaining some sort of insight that's so much better than all the others, or that somehow we're just able to like magically tell uh, the future all the time. What discernment, the practice of discernment is doing is it's pulling us into the heart of God. Mm. Ultimately, the work of the Spirit is a work of pulling us into divine union with God. And God stays God and we stay us, but we are inside of the love of God um, more intimately. Discerning of spirits. I remember being a little kid. We had a Christian school. My parents uh, 
were pastors at the church and we had chapels on Tuesdays and Thursdays in the school. And they, some people at the school, the administration had invited someone to come speak at chapel and my dad said, no, he can't come. And they said, what do you mean? My dad said, no, he's not clean. He can't come. They said, well, he's coming. And he said, the growthy kids will not be there. And they said, what are you talking about? He goes, he's not clean. And they invited him and the growthy kids were not there. I wondered why we weren't at school that day. Later, years later, my parents told us why. And five years later, this man was found out to be unclean. And that's not like, oh, good job, Dave Grothy, and you're better. It's just, are you listening? Like, stay away from this over here. It's not clean. That will not help you. That will not bless you. That's not going in the trajectory of the life of Jesus. That is not a part of the kingdom. And if, like Jesus said, that God gives the spirit without measure or limit. And if we would just spend our mornings and go, come Holy Spirit, would you give me discernment today? Would you show me who to call? Would you show me what to stay away from? Would you give me a heart that's tender for what you're tender about, Lord? Would you show me people who are aching inside, but they're faking it right now and give me a word of encouragement for them? If you will ask the Spirit to give you the gift of discernment, the Spirit will give you the gift of discernment and you'll operate in a different dimension. And it's not so we can be cool. It's so that we can bless people and so that we can stay out of the the temptation that the devil wants to lead us into. Friends, pray for the gift of discernment. Amen? Amen. Next question. Pause. Go. How, I, I warn them, I'm like, if I get in an interview, I end up asking a question. How, there are some people who just assume they're suspicious and especially when they start like wanting to, you know, walk a deeper life with the spirit, they're like, oh, well, maybe I should be nice and maybe I shouldn't think that about this person. Maybe they are really okay. So how can people be encouraged to say, I mean, don't, don't give in to a spirit of suspicion. That's a whole other thing. But how can people distinguish between discernment and suspicion and like, and kind of start exercising that? Cause no one's going to, you know, get it 100%, mm-hmm. but there is something to be said about, mm-hmm. hey, like as people are testing this out, yeah. like how can they kind of tell the difference? There's a difference between being mean, <laughs> like between discerning something and staying away from it and just being vicious. Mm-hmm. So don't, like we're not gonna attack anyone. We're not, my dad wasn't against that guy. <laughs> Do not live with the spirit of againstness. We're not, and we're not getting out of bed in the morning looking to find you know, trouble everywhere we go and looking to you know, point the finger. We are not the, the Holy Spirit police. So don't be, don't be rude, don't be mean, but trust when God prompts you. Don't, no, don't do it. Stay away. This is not for you. This isn't good. So you'll hear people talk about like a check, right? Like that, I got a check in my spirit. Sometimes the spirit will prompt you and just shut it down. Paul was trying to go to a certain region to go preach the gospel. And he says in one of his letters that the Holy Spirit prevented him. What? You can't make this stuff up. Like, go share the gospel. Jesus told me to go into all the nations. The Holy Spirit said, not there, not now. And so I don't know how to, I don't know 
that there's like an airtight answer except to say, always be kind, always operate in the fruit of the Spirit toward people. But it doesn't mean that everyone is your person. And there will be people that the enemy sends your way. Jesus taught us to pray, lead me not into temptation, deliver me from evil. There is evil. (laughs) And the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so when you sense that no in your soul, pay attention to it. So don't live suspicious, but listen to the promptings. And when you sense that red light, stop. That's the best I can do. Let me ask you, uh, how do we grow in discernment? Practical steps. How, how do we grow in the gift of discernment? Jordan, Sarah, who wants to? Um, well, one of the things that um, discernment brings to us is, is freedom. And I love how you talked about this idea of being awake because that's essentially what discernment is. It, it's waking up to the fact that the spirit is vibrant. The spirit is not sleeping on us. The spirit is moving, active. And there are times where we're just, because of our humanness, we have limitations. We actually do need sleep. There are times when we are just not exactly in step or tuned in or fill in your favorite metaphor there. And then there are other times where there's this great connection that comes partly because we are surrendering our desire for what we want to God and saying, what do you have to say about this? Um, and we're being in, in discernment, in the work of discernment, and I'll get to some practices in just a second, but what, what the point of all the work is, is freedom. Freedom from and freedom, and freedom for. So freedom from the discouragement of the lies of the enemy. That is our greatest discouragement, all the things that are gonna come to us at all the different seasons of our life. Sometimes they're really obvious, sometimes they're super tricky, especially as you're growing in, in your maturity, in your emotional maturity and your spiritual maturity. The, the lies, the deception get a lot more mature with you. And so discernment means I've got to continually every day, all the time, be turned over to the will of the Father for the glory of Jesus through the Holy Spirit because things are gonna still be coming my way. Um, And then we're also freed for something. We are freed for self-giving love. The point of discernment is not how do I make sure that I'm happy in my life. The point of discernment is how do I know that I am walking in step with God and it is spilling out for the blessing of others to the glory of God, right? So a couple couple ways that we can practice discernment over the course of our life. These are really simple and will take our entire lives (laughs) to do. One of them is just stopping and pausing. It's remembering that God is here, right? Oh, how forgetful we are because everything else is calling my name. (laughs) And God doesn't always shout over that, right? So it's at first, it's just a practice of stopping, stopping throughout the day, multiple times. God, I remember you. God, I love you. God, I wanna be with you. How am I doing, God? (laughs) I wanna check in with you. And you hear the still, small voice. When you stop, keep going. Yes. It's practicing silence also with stopping. And I wanna say something about silence. For me, 
One of the problems that I have is that when I go into silence as a practice, I am expecting to hear from God. Now, maybe that's not a problem, but it's a problem if my expectation is, all, is gonna be disappointed and then I'm mad at God about it. What if God just wants to be with me? This, the Holy Spirit is presence. Can I be present to the Spirit as the Spirit is present to me? Or do I expect, you're gonna give me something every time I do this, right? Can we just be in silence and trust that's being with the Spirit? And if something is said, amazing. If I have an epiphany of some kind, awesome. But if we're just together, it's great too. And maybe in our loud world, this is exactly what we need. Maybe we are troubled like the demoniac because we're constantly going and it's constantly loud. And actually the freedom we need is in, as Isaiah said, in quietness and trust is your salvation. And we get our soul back. We get our mind back. We get our composure back. We get our peace be still back so that we can go out and do the work. So just don't underestimate the gift that God wants to give you in silence. Keep going. Lastly, not, not finally, but just lastly for me, uh, is so we've got stopping, pausing. We've got practicing stillness and quietness in some way. But there's also something really important about reflection. Did you know that our emotions are one of the ways, observing our emotions and reflecting on them are one of the ways that we can practice discernment with the spirit? Why is that? because our emotions are signposts to us. And yes, they change, but observing them and asking God, what is this reaction in me telling me about myself, telling me about this other person, telling me about you? How are you coming to me, God, through this very emotion? And taking time to practice an awareness even of what we're feeling is huge, otherwise, a lot of times those, we're having unconscious reactions to those and never turning them over to God to ask for input at all. We're just doing either on autopilot uh, destructive things because we don't know how else to act or we're missing an opportunity. So there's a, there's a practice called the prayer of examine and I hope probably everybody in here already knows about it, hopefully. But if not, um, you can Google it. There's different versions of it, but it does come from Ignatius of Loyola that I mentioned earlier. But it's a way of just pausing at the end of your day and looking back and noticing where was their joy? Where was their peace? Were you in that, God? And then also noticing, where was, where was I troubled? Where did I feel off? Where was I acting out in a way? Where were you, God? Did I miss you? And the practice of that kind of reflection over and over and over again, especially through journaling, which I have to say I'm horrible at, but when I actually do practice it, it's so helpful. Why do I not do it more often? Um, you have to get a journal you like. That's the key, I've learned. <laughs> if you don't like your journal, you'll never visit it. <laughs> um, it and, but the practice of that be, makes us more aware during our actual days, not just at the end of it, too. So, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, I love it. There's something to be said about familiarizing yourself with the Spirit, and I have practiced that in two ways, through the Word and through worship. So I mentioned, um, 
how I would just read the Bible. Um, and I mean, like one chapter a day kind of a thing. I'm not talking hours, you know, where I'm pouring over the scriptures or anything. But that's, that's one way where I can recognize the Bible contains the words of the Spirit. So when I've been practicing discernment, I know, oh, that doesn't sound like, if I'm really freaking out about something, that doesn't sound like Matthew 6, where it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. Like, and so I can shift because I, all of a sudden it'll, it'll come to mind just through repetition, right? The other thing is worship. And for me, worship is really hard. I hate singing. I'm not a good singer at all. So it's probably a pride issue. Pray for me. Um, <laughs> but there, there is something about, Psalm says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So even me with my not good voice, um, as I lift up a sacrifice of praise to the Lord, because it is a sacrifice, um, as I lift it up, I can sense tangible peace, tangible joy. I feel relieved. If I'm anxious, I feel like I can breathe a little bit easier. So those are two ways where for me, I'm okay, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going, I'm going to worship. And that's helped me familiarize myself with the spirit. So when I'm looking to see, okay, what way is the spirit going or what should I do? I'm, I'm familiar with the words of the spirit and the presence of the spirit through, through the word and through worship. Church, if you're able, would you stand with us tonight? Gals, why don't you hang here while we pray? The band is gonna come and we're going to worship here and practice this. But before we do, I want us to have a moment where we say, come Holy Spirit in a fresh measure. Where we open ourselves back up. We actually don't ever graduate from this. This is a daily thing. This is an hourly thing that we'll be saying, come Holy Spirit, for the rest of our lives. So would you close your eyes and open your hands as a sign of saying, I long for you, Spirit. I'm open to you. I welcome you. I need you. Lord, we pray you would give us the gift of discernment. We pray that you would take us, like Sarah said, into the deep silence of the Godhead. <laughs> into the still, small voice. In a troubled world. In a noisy world. In a chaotic world. I pray that we would be still and know that you are God. And Lord, right now, I just ask for a refreshing stillness tonight. We've been in a stretch for the last couple years. And I pray tonight, by the power of the Spirit, peace be still. Lord, I pray that you would make us those who are filled with your boldness. That as we arise out of the stillness and out of the scripture, out of the, the presence of God, as we tuck away with Jesus going up into the hills to seek the Father, as we, as we open ourselves up to you, you'll send us out to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and Briargate and Monument and Manitou with boldness. Lord, some of us consider ourselves reserved people. I pray that we would be reserved people that are bold in the spirit. <laughs> 
Like you can be yourself. You can, you can be yourself and be filled with the power of the spirit that makes you bold. So Lord, I pray that people would start seeing opportunities tonight that are right in front of them. I pray that you would give us courage to take the risks that you call us to take. Lord, I pray that we would be people that are filled with the Spirit all the days of our lives. Church, I just sense to do this now. Would you stretch your hands out to Sarah and to Jordan? Because these are women of God serving the church. And we pray, Lord, make them bold and make them powerful and fill them with fresh measure. Thank you for the two of them that their history with you, they know you, they have sought you with their whole heart, they have lived their lives for you. And we pray, Lord, fill them with fresh measure. We pray for books to come out of them and sermons to come out of them and curriculum to come out of them and conferences to come out of them. Lord, we thank you that these two women of God will continue to change the world with the way you've wired them, the way you've filled them. Lord, we pray the blessing of God. And I pray for increased spiritual authority for these two that everything they touch prospers and that everywhere they go, the kingdom of God breaks out. Thank you for the gift they've given us tonight. We pray, Lord, you would give them back 30 and 60 and 100 fold a return on their investment tonight. Lord, we speak blessing over these women of God tonight and all God's people said, amen. Can we say thank you to these two women? Church, we're going to worship. And so let's seek the Lord tonight. We'll come back up here in just a minute and receive communion together. But as Jordan said, one of the ways you become acquainted with the Spirit is you worship. So let's lift our hearts and lift our hands and lift our song to the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, we need you. We love you.
communion elements ready to receive if you don't have communion elements our team is walking through the room right now just raise your hand we'll get those to you right here Jonathan behind thank you sir okay church as we were worshiping I felt like the spirit gave me Something I, I sense that there are many people in the room tonight who have lost their strength and they're discouraged. And the picture I had was someone standing like this. And just life is just, strength is just kind of drained out of you. You're still getting up and doing your thing and routines and work and life. and But you just have lost your strength and discouragement has set in. And... That's going to change tonight. Something's going to shift tonight. The Spirit is here to feed you tonight, to give you drink tonight. What happens when you're hungry? You lose your strength. When you get that meal, (laughs) you stand back up. And tonight as we come to the table of the Lord, the Spirit is going to stand you back up and feed you and give you strength and nourishment and, and refreshment tonight and give you courage tonight. And so if that's you right now, I pray that strength would return. If you need strength to return tonight, just say, Lord, I receive it. Lord, I need it. I receive it. Like Jordan as a little seven-year-old or 12-year-old girl, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Tonight, receive the strength of the Spirit. Courage to stand back up. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he knew we would be hungry. He broke it and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, do this for the remembrance of me. So Jesus is here tonight by his spirit to feed us all over again. Church, you may receive the bread, the strength, the renewal from Jesus. On the same night, he took the cup of wine. He said, this cup is the new covenant given in my blood and it's given for the remission of your sins. Many of you might be discouraged because of stupid things you've done. Tonight, Jesus says you're clean. You've been forgiven. You're washed. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. He took this and said, every time you do this, remember me. Church, you may receive the forgiveness that Jesus has provided. Let's sing. I depend on We depend on you, Spirit. We depend on you, Lord. Come on, church, call out. I depend on you. I depend on you. 
life and open your hands to receive the blessing of God as you go. I pray that this week would be different for you. Different in the presence of God. Different in the morning, in the word. Different. Maybe some of you will get on your knees and pray for the first time in years. Maybe some, some of you will fast over lunch and seek the Lord and whatever that is, I pray this week would be different for you and that the spirit would visit you in that. I pray that you would be filled to fresh measure today. I pray may the Lord our God bless you and keep you and may he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord smile big on you and all your people and may he grant you peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Amen. Can we give God thanks for what he's done here tonight? And one more time for Sarah and for Jordan. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A couple things before you go. We, our prayer team's gonna be down here. If you want someone to agree with you about a specific prayer need, we would love to pray for you so you can come on down. And if you're new and you wanna hear more about us, you can come to New Life next. We've got a gift for you. We'd love to see you right out that door. Go from here tonight in God's grace and peace. So much love.